It's Dr. Drew, Midday Live, with Lauren Savon. That's us, Midday Live, Lawrence Vaughn, Dr. Drew, 800-222-5222 is our phone number. At the bottom of the hour, we'll be speaking with Adrian Garcia, data analyst for Bankrate.com. We're going to talk about California still being the worst state for drivers. Right now, we're going to go out to Carl DeMaio, chairman of Reform California, and talk about our ballot initiatives. Carl, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. So is it Prop 6 that has generated some of this? Well, uh, Prop 6 is... Uh, partly uh, generating this, but what's really at the root here is California's cost of living is out of control. And what you, what you see going on over in France with all the riots on the uh, gasoline taxes, well, we don't riot in California, but we are very upset, and we don't believe that we should be raising uh, the cost of gas on working families to have the money stolen by politicians. So uh, we were um, uh, really excited about getting Prop 6 on the ballot, to repeal the gas tax. It was a simple three-sentence initiative. Sentence one, repealed the gas tax increase. Sentence two, repealed the car tax. And sentence three said that politicians couldn't raise car gas taxes in the future without first putting it to a public vote. And a million Californians signed an initiative that had the title, Gas Tax Repeal of 2018. But by the time it got on ballot, the attorney general changed the title. And it said nothing about gas tax repeal. And so, uh, the right, it said eliminates showed, road repair funding. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> if you, road repair funding, right. Of so, course, so, it, it, you, know, you lost it. I mean, it's. And people it, couldn't tell what they were voting for. And I, I, we, we received thousands of emails and calls uh, of people saying, oh no, I think I mistakenly voted no when I, I didn't even know it was the gas tax repeal. So, it, since 1911, Californians have had a very cherished right, and that is the right of the citizens' initiative. And it allows us to put items on the ballot that the politicians refuse to do on our behalf. It also allows us to do a referendum on bills that we disagree with that politicians pass. But now the politicians have figured out how to gut that right. And it basically it's to lie to people when the uh, item gets placed on the ballot. And that's wrong. People deserve to be given an opportunity to vote yes or no on a simple question and not have their vote stolen through deception. But the, isn't that inherently one of the problems with the ballot initiative, that the, the way they're put to voters, it's so confusing sometimes to figure out what you are actually voting for. I mean, when you lay it out, the gas tax repeal seems very simple. But when you read it in your voter guide, when you see the ads all over television, by the time you get to the voting box, you have absolutely no idea what you're voting for because special interests get involved, politicians get involved. I mean, it's it's almost, it's almost uh, instead of a benefit for voters, it actually hurts us in the long run because it ends up confusing us. You know, I don't worry about the, the ads. We were outspent in this election $50 million to two point five. That's a 20 to 1 advantage for their side. And I never worried about it because we, we've literally had uh, the opportunity to uh, get the issue on the ballot, and, and we've trusted in the wisdom of the voters. The only problem was that they changed the, the title. And so uh, Survey USA did a statewide poll uh, the day before the election on, on uh, November 5th, and it asked two questions. The first question is, are you going to vote yes or no on the gas tax repeal? The second question was, are you going to go vote yes or no on Prop 6 
repeals road repairs, <laughs> you know, eliminates road right, repairs. Right, right, right. The numbers showed that two-thirds of Californians wanted to vote yes on the gas tax repeal. And that's despite all those, you know, misleading ads that you mentioned that filled our TV and radio and whatnot. And so we won the issue. We just lost the initiative. And so we've got to demand that voters are given true, simple descriptions of each item on the ballot. And how do we and enforce that when when the attorney general is in an you know, elected office that comes with party politics? Well, I think there's two avenues that we're exploring. One is uh, doing a, a, a separate ballot measure uh, that would basically liberate uh, the process from the politicians. And it would say that we would have to do a, a neutral uh, body that would uh, identify what the title or summary of the ballot measure would be. Probably a, a panel of, un, uh, of, of retired judges, uh, but we'll figure out a neutral body and it would be subject to judicial review so that if something was misleading, the proponents could go into court and ask a judge to review it to see if there is uh, a, a bias or a confusion that has been created. So that's number one. Okay. Number two is if we have to, the only language that politicians speak is the language of political survival. And we still have the recall initiative in the state. And so we are looking at how we could use the recall initiative to expedite this process. Oh, my God. Because I, I was going to ask the question is, how do we get our state back? I was like, it's been handed in the put in the hands of rogue politicians. And it, it'd be one thing if we lived in a utopia. We live in a mess. And that's the problem. They're, they're, they seem unable to govern on behalf of the citizens. We, we are paying the highest cost of living in the country. And that premium um, that we're paying and we're struggling to pay. So for what? Should come for, with, for what? Should come, with, should come with the best services you can imagine. But instead, we are paying the highest gas tax in the country, but having the worst roads. What, so we how does that work? Schools. How can they be that irresponsible that we're paying the highest taxes everywhere and getting the worst services? Because guess where the money's going? It's going into the pension system of the state of California for state and local government employees. It's going into the high-speed rail project, which uh, the folks that are working on that project, $10 billion has been spent so far, and the people have not even put down a single, a single track yeah. line of track. Mm -hmm. and, and where's the money going to? It's going to well-connected, politically-connected uh, consultants. Yep. And so we you know, we want our money going to the fundamentals, and that's what we're lacking in this state, and that's what the gas tax re re rebellion is all about. We are not unwilling to pay our fair share, um, but what we are seeing is that we are already paying our fair share, and we're but not now, getting. I mean, the, now the, we have a, a super, super duper majority, super duper majority. in California. I so I, I can only yeah. imagine this this will get worse. There's absolutely no check on the Democratic Party here. There, there is no check on the Democratic Party, um, and, and, and this is what's frustrating. Um, I'm a gay Republican, okay? But I'll tell you, the LGBT community votes completely in lock with Democrats because every time there's an election, these politicians go to the LGBT community and they say, oh, uh, they're going to ban gay marriage. They're going to go after you. You're going to be thrown into conversion therapy. They scare the crap out of voters with, with lies. Well, they do the, the same the to the Latino community. I mean, we just right. spoke to a, you know, a councilman-elect up in Union City who said the same thing. I wouldn't dare promote the fact that I'm Republican because that's such a toxic word to the Latino community. Yeah, exactly. And so I think part of it is the voters have to realize that they're being duped. They're the shiny object of, of identity politics. 
um, and, and hysterical uh, accusations um, are those those issues are crowding out the fundamental pocketbook issues of how much are you paying to live in California, and do you think that what you're paying is reflected in the services you're receiving? And if you answer that question honestly, you're going to say no. And so whose fault is that? What's the politicians in power? Throw them out. Um, unfortunately, the Republican Party <laughs> is a shambles. They did not help us with Prop 6. Uh, we were pretty much on our own. Uh, we got we got individuals, 20,000 individuals who volunteered on our campaign, 25,000 donors. The average contribution was $37. And from the California Republican Party, we got no help. And most of the elected officials in the state, with rare exception, provided no help whatsoever. And so we have we have a broken political system that's dominated by one party, and the other party is completely inept and dysfunctional. Is there any so, way to get the politician? I, I don't care which party is doing it. Is there just a way to get them to focus on, as you say, the the basic quality of life issues that most citizens in the state are concerned about? Only when they lose their job. But that's mm-hmm. the only time when they start feeling the heat. And so what we're trying to do at Reform California with the gas tax repeal, with our our latest initiative um, uh, uh, project, which is to defend the right of citizens to use ballot measures to reform government, is that we want to give people a vehicle to fight back. And and our vehicle is nonpartisan. I will work with Democrats. I'll work with independents. I will work, and we had a Green Party candidate from the Bay Area who supported us, and we were very proud of that. Yeah. So we don't look at your party registration. If you're willing to work with us to reduce the cost of living in California and hold government accountable, that is our common cause. And sometimes it means we have to kick the Republican Party in the rear end, and other times we have to challenge the current uber-majority, the mega-majority in, in Sacramento, the Democratic Party. Hmm. Oh, boy. It sounds like it's you have your work cut out for you. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know what? Look, it's not, a, it's not a fair fight, but at least give me an honest shot at the ballot. At least put the, our ideas on the ballot without skewing them, because if we can get ideas on the ballot, we get reform. And so ultimately, I think the recall may be our only uh, lever for, for the short term, because uh, for the attorney general. State, well, we're looking at that, but we're also looking at strategic recalls, uh, picking one of one of the legislators off each month with a recall. Um, and and look, the reason why we're doing that is that's the only thing that gets their attention. It's the only thing that gets their attention, and they cannot describe that any other way. But should assembly member so-and-so be recalled from office, yes or no. They don't have the opportunity to create a title and summary that's deceptive. Under the law, they have to describe it the way I just mentioned. And so that may be our only leverage point. And all we're asking for is the gas tax repeal initiative should be put back on the ballot uh, at the very next election, give us a fair vote. And number two, we want to reform the process by which ballot measures receive title and summary. Those seems, are now seems the two goals that we have. Very reasonable. Very well, reasonable. But uh, it would be nice. It would be nice if the media in the state of California, um, like the, the editorial boards, would join us in that. You know, because it, literally, the money's been stolen, and now, you know, frankly, they figured out how to steal our votes too. All right. Well, thank you so much, Carl. Is there any place you'd like to send people uh, to be a part of this? Yes, they can sign up online at reformcalifornia.org. That's reformcalifornia.org. Just out of curiosity, do you have other things going on there at that website? 
Yeah, in fact, uh, the, the website's going to actually be a refresh tomorrow. Um, and so check back tomorrow as well with uh, the latest initiatives and, and, and projects that will kick it off for the 2019 year. All right, fair enough. Thank Thanks you so much. so much, Carl DeMeo, Chairman of uh, Reform California. Thanks for joining us. There you go. Uh, 800-222-5222 is our phone number. You know, I also went around and looked up that uh, conserv- con- conservation conservatorship uh, initiative we, we were reporting on like some three or four months ago. Remember back when Lyndon Breed first became mayor of uh, San Francisco? Okay. I had said there's a uh, state senator named Scott Weiner, and we sort of joked about that a little bit, you know, with the, the old Weiner from New York. But he had enacted a five-year pilot program that gives Los Angeles and San Francisco counties the option to create a new kind of conservatorship focused on chronically homeless individuals who suffer from mental illness and substance abuse. Uh, it passed. Where did that go? Okay. It passed. Uh, it was voted statewide. It's called SB 1045. It was authored by State Senator Henry Stern from Canoga Park. I want to thank these two gentlemen, Scott Weiner and, and Henry Stern, for being hum, human beings. I, I don't know how it's strong enough to say that. Common sense. To, to, to have allowed their humanity to be, be expressed through this bill. Uh, it's again, will reduce homelessness. My question is, does anybody know how this is going? Has anybody tried to use this conservatorship bill? Uh, I, I don't think people even know that's available. I know. That's I mean, why you, I was... You hear the parents that call in that uh, have no idea what to do with their own children who are out living on the street. Let's see. The, in the uh, the person conserved, only order conservatorship if there are no viable alternatives or individuals for whom the petition was denied or the assisted outpatient treatment was insufficient. Assisted outpatient treatment would be insufficient. Treat the person in the instant. Uh, well, of course, that's so many of these people. It's everybody. These are not outpatient. These are not outpatient treatment candidates. Period. So it's everybody that would come for this thing, and anybody that's homeless. Let me be clear: not a treatment for outpatient treatment. It's. A, I mean, I I like the way the bill is written because that means they're all going to be eligible for treatment. But to even think that outpatient treatment would be adequate. I mean, you heard the you heard our callers. Sure, that we try, yeah. we try, we try, we try. They go back out. That's exactly what happens. Eight hundred two 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 five two 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 is our phone number. It's Lawrence Vaughn and Doctor Drew. This is Midday Live. Lawrence Vaughn, Dr. Drew, it is Midday Live, 800-222-5222 is a phone number. We've been talking about the opioid crisis, we've been talking about what you can do about that, we've been talking about conservatorship, we've been talking about citizen initiatives and how they've been distorted by the uh, Attorney General. Uh, I, I, hmm, if anybody can tell me more about that conservatorship program uh, penned by the State Senate, particularly it was uh, State Senator Scott, his, Henry Stern and Scott Weiner. Uh, please let me know about that. 800-222-5222. If that has not become a reality yet, the hell's taking so damn long. Yesterday, um, you know, we were talking about straws. Yes. And how um, the L.A. County and city and they want to follow San Francisco and ban these straws. Um, well, now one of the groups speaking up against it is the disabled community. They say the laws create an undue burden on them because plastic straws are a necessity in their lives. And the alternatives like bamboo or paper, are not an adequate replacement because they don't have the same flexibility. They, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why they use the straws. It's easier for them. Well, this is, this is listen, this is no BS. This is if you have a, sw- a weakness of your bulbar function, is called, a swallowing weakness, which essentially everybody over the age of 75, and it is everybody that's, I, I may be slightly hyperbolic by saying everybody, but if you've had a stroke, if you have neurological diseases, if you have weakness of any sort and you're elderly, you're going to have some issues of swallowing. And what happens is when you don't have 
adequate propulsion out of the mouth past the epiglottis, guess where the food goes? You choke. goes into your lungs and causes aspiration pneumonia. And it can even leak down in tiny, tiny quantities. But if you're not getting it through the straw with your chin down and swallowing the way the straw forces you to swallow, you can have recur- the, the aspirations of pneumonias are devastating oftentimes. And these will be, and they're costly. And yeah. people end up on breathing machines, and it's suffering. So what's the plan, everybody? What is the plan? I mean, you're going to force these people to constantly carry straws around with them? That That's means- what the plan is, I guess. Uh, I, I, I guess. And as we discussed yesterday, you can recycle these straws by just putting them in a plastic container that is recyclable. Then they don't fall out of the machinery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God knows there must be other way to tie them together so they, again, so right. they don't fall out of the machinery. Do we have to outlaw, make it a crime to use a straw? Think or about that. to have that. straws at a restaurant Think when about someone that. needs one? How, if, if the founding fathers saw some of this stuff, they'd be like, they would be, forget disbelief, they'd be confused. Like, what? <laughs> you, you have a... They'd be like, what's a straw? <laughs> they would be like, what's a straw? But they'd also be like, you, you have an instrument that helps you congest liquids and the government's preventing you from using it? Hey, how, what, you, who is this? Is this King George's government that's doing right. this? Well, I mean, they King also, of France doing this? They I, had slaves, so it's hard to believe they'd care about sea turtles, right? I, well, to be fair, they probably didn't know. They, they, <laughs> you know. Uh, 800-222-5222 is their phone number. I, I still believe that... Um, m- Mammalian life uh, in in uh, sea mammal, mammals are doing awfully well in, in this. That's state. your own personal opinion. You have yet I, to find anyone to I back that up. I tested it with a couple people yesterday, and they all said, "Yeah, you're gonna, they're on, you may be onto something." So were I don't they know if there's any biologists. No, they weren't. If somebody could please be a marine biologist and call me that, <laughs> uh, or maybe I'll Google it during the break and see if I can come up with something. Uh, after the Look break, Beyonce is our call screener out there. We have fans <laughs> all over this office because the AC is out, and everyone just looks so dreamy <laughs> with the fan, fan blowing water, in their face. Yeah, the air blowing on them. We are going to speak to Aaron, Adrian Garcia. He is a data—I think it's a he—is a data analyst for Bankrate.com. California still the worst state for drivers. It's a great state to live in. Bad for drivers. Bad for taxpayers. Good for homeless. I guess. Well, not bad for homeless because they're just left to, left to languish. Uh, 800-222-5222 is our phone number. Again, the whole thing that we're, that bothers me is we're, we're getting to the weeds on straws and all these other things when we live in a state that is in not functioning for the citizens of the state, and we're paying way more money than anybody else to have this utopia, and yet we don't. Uh, I know from the city of New York, I know there are plenty of complaints about it, but you do get a ton out of that city. Similar st- tax structure to California. You get a ton out of New York for that. Again, it's 800-222-5222. It's Lawrence Vaughn and Dr. Drew on Midday Live. Who's calling? You're calling this number, 800-222-5222. Lawrence Vaughn, Dr. Drew, it is Midday Live, 800-222-5222 is our phone number. We're going out now to Adrian Garcia, data analyst for bankrate.com. Adrian, welcome. Thank you. So things are still bad here for California drivers. Yeah, unfortunately, I have bad news to share today. Uh, Bankrate did a study about the best and worst places for driving uh, across the country, and we found that California came in dead last as the worst place. Uh, well, worst. The good news is you're not breaking any news for anyone who drives yeah. here in California. We are all well aware how horrible the circumstances what are. Our concern is that our government seems to want to make things worse rather than better. Uh, any comments on that? Well, I, I think it depends on your viewpoint. I'm talking to different people throughout the state, some people are hopeful uh, that the billions of dollars heading from the higher gas taxes will actually improve things from drivers. 
but you on the ground floor of that might have um, more insight to share. Well, the insight is none of that seems to be – our roads are deteriorating to the point they're barely drivable. Uh, sidewalks are deteriorating to the point that you can't walk on them. Certainly my patients can't walk on them. And traffic is so bad you cannot get from one point to the other, and the government response is to take away roads, road diets. Uh, so it's hard to understand where we should be in any way encouraged. Yeah, mentioning the deterioration of roads, uh, using the data that we have from the research organization TRIP, uh, they found that 44% of roads in California are in poor condition. And when you compare that to the national total, it's 22%. So it's double. Right, and of course, uh, it's reasonable here in California because we have ice and snow. Oh, no, wait a minute, we don't. And the rest of the country does. And yet we're still twice, two times worse than the rest of the country. But it's not just ice and snow. Adrian, it seems by your study, the best state for drivers is North Dakota, probably because there's like six drivers there. So they don't (laughs) have the same roads. I mean, the top five are all, you know, low populated states. Um, But you have Connecticut, New Jersey, Washington all in the last tier. The one that confuses me is Hawaii. Why is Hawaii 49th and we're last? Well, Hawaii, um, when you have a smaller area, like we looked to see, and, and it was, we thought it was unfair to compare them to states, but just like a smaller area like Hawaii, if you're doing just a little bit less and you have less land to work with, then it's easy to fall down a lot quicker. California is a big state, uh, as you know, and, and so when there's poor roads throughout the area, you have to really um, kind of work hard to get this low on the list. Your population does ding you. Um, but it also helps you in some things like fatality rates and theft rates and things like that. Is Does your research sort of guide us in terms of a direction we, sh- we should be heading to improve things? Well, I think there's a push to have our politicians and our advocates um, find ways to come up with more funding for infrastructure. I think bottom line is roads aren't going to fix themselves. Uh, so we need to continue to push those things. But on an individual level, we should be looking at about how maybe we could work together like carpools with our coworkers or nearby offices, um, always be shopping around for insurance. That's ways to make things cheaper for yourself. Uh, and then mentioning those carpools, uh, I was told in California that if you do are able to do that, you're able to use the toll lanes for free. So that would help out. Certain toll lanes, which, by the way, are completely, they're just as slow as any other lane. Don't worry. Not always, but yeah. But generally speaking, they're not better than the rest of the road. So there's little motivation to put us in. And those. even now, they've changed the law. If you have a uh, electric car, like a Prius, you can no longer use them. That was one of the perks of buying Again, there seems to be no actual movement towards any sort of addressing of this problem. In fact, instead, literally, they are. We are aware of this. There's there is politicians who believe that using motor vehicles are evil, and therefore people that use motor vehicles are evil. And that's the general sort of attitude that you get when you complain about uh, the, the horrible status of our roads and traffic. Yeah, there's a large push for people to use, you know alternative transportation, when you think about uh, the planet and things like that. Unfortunately, I think in a lot of cities and a lot of places, um, especially rural parts, we just, public infrastructure is not at a point where people can give up their cars, even if they wanted to. Exactly. I think uh, it has to get a lot more convenient and a lot better before we can do that. they literally trying to push people onto bicycles, which is literally an impossible feat. I mean, it's just, it's the most bizarre. And so, again, I'm, I'm pushing on you to help us understand where we can maybe do, get some relief. Is there something in this data that sort of points us in a certain direction? Well, I, I think, as I mentioned, the 
what you can do as an individual, if you are able to find ways to get off the road, that would probably be the best thing to do and, and to work to carpool. Um, those are some easy steps or hopefully easier steps. Uh, but hopefully going forward, California can bring things down like its cost for insurance. That is kind of remarkably high. It's $366 higher than the national average. Huh. Another um, good piece of news. $1,700. Um, so if you could do things like that, that would ease drivers' pocketbooks because, it was, as we know, uh, the costs around your car and car ownership are the second biggest expenses that most households are facing Absolutely. besides home ownership. Not to mention they'll, there's not enough parking, so you <laughs> automatically get tickets wherever you right. end up. Because... That's the other thing. Uh, well, Adrian, thank you so much. Is there a website you'd like to refer people to? Sure, it's bankrate.com. We'll have more tips there and the full list. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. That is Adrian Garcia, data analyst for bankrate.com. We'll get your calls at 800-222-5222. It's Lawrence Vaughn, Dr. Drew. It's Midday Live. It is Lawrence Vaughn and Dr. Drew, Midday Live. You know, I, when the when we got into the um, straw thing yesterday, I said, you know, I think sea lions are doing really you good. sure did. And I looked it up. And, and I was skeptical. It, and indeed, uh, here's the NAA, NOAA fisheries. Uh, 1975, sea lions totaled 90,000. Now, as of 2012, 306,000. Mm. I knew that because I see them everywhere. And I, <laughs> I just, I knew they were doing great. And so where's the straw problem? And I guarantee you, I'm looking right now for the, the bottlenose dolphin data. I guarantee you it is the same. Let's go out to some calls. This is uh, Phil. Go ahead. Oh, hey, how you guys doing? Good. What's up, Phil? Uh, that straw, straw thing just blows my mind in the way... These Democrats, I mean, they're letting the socialists in on everything. I called up the, the mayor's office was right when um, uh, London Breed came into office, you know, and uh, and it was about the straw thing. I said, you know what? My wife has a tremor. She has a physical tremor where her hands shake so bad that even with two hands, she cannot lift a glass to her mouth and drink it without spilling it on herself. But she put puts it on the table and tries it's, to drink it. It's out very of common. Very common. Yeah. Right, and uh, and I said, you know, just the ADA lawsuits alone will bankrupt the city within a couple of years if you guys proceed with this. And they're like, well, she's not really in favor of that. And 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 uh, their office, I, I work for contractors. We're doing infrastructure work for the uh, for the uh, sewer and water systems in that in the city there. And they're suing. They wanted to sue the oil companies. And the first thing I hear was the judge say. Uh, first question was um, wanting the oil companies to explain how long they knew that they were killing everybody with their products. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, if the oil companies just shut down today and left California, the city of San Francisco cannot function without fossil fuels. Yep, and the straw thing is just so ludicrous. I cannot believe that there's not like a crowd just, you know, escorting these people out of the freaking offices in which they employ and waste our money, our time our effort and insult us with these miserable freaking efforts they have to extort money. Let's just say, Bill, stop sugarcoating it. Tell us how you really feel about this. At, at very minimum, you you are making a point that these laws do not take into account people that are not in perfect health, and they seem to have no concern for people commonly who have these sorts of disabilities. Thanks, Phil. Jeff, what do you say? Hey, Dr. Drew, Nikki, how are you guys? Hey, man. Good. Hey, listen, um, I drive in um, the Bay Area chaos, San Francisco Bay Area chaos every day. And the one thing that I've noticed out here, um, and I don't really want to get racial, I don't want to get sexist. Please I don't. Get please don't. please I, do not. Okay, I won't. I, I won't. What I'm, what I'm going to say is that driver experience. We've got a lot of people in the Bay Area from 
other other parts of the country, other parts of the world where some people were not either they don't have the same access to vehicles and they don't drive. They haven't been driving since they were 16 years of age, right? Or some of them haven't been lawfully allowed to drive. And they come to these, you know, Los Angeles and San Francisco area uh, for work, as, you know, either as spouses or um, and they haven't had the, the experience behind the wheel. And what we're noticing, so with regard to the driving conditions, we see a, a big disconnect between people who have been driving for 30 years versus people who have been driving for, let's say, less than five. And, you know, you've got a, a real... Um, you don't have a very harmonious way of driving. Um, with you've got such a disparity between driver experience, confidence, um, that it just just it just adds to the traffic. It adds accidents. I see at least. I know you didn't want to get political with this, but day. can I just add? Are you trying to imply that people from other countries are part of the problem, or is it just younger drivers? You know, it could be a little combination of both. And the reason why I say that is because. You know, folks that are adults that are here that are now on the road that are driving children to school and back that haven't driven in their home countries, right? They just either didn't come from a place where driving is a necessity. California was, you know, built around the car, right? Yep. Jeff, I got to wrap it up. I'm I'm against the clock, but I appreciate your call. Okay, thanks. All right, you got it. 800-222-5222. It's Lawrence Vaughn, Dr. Drew. It's Midday Live. Midday Live, Lawrence Vaughn, Dr. Drew, and we were talking during the break that we are, what we'd observe is people that are elderly driving tend to uh, be somewhat disruptive drivers, but Nick is a driving instructor. Maybe he can set us all straight. Go ahead, Nick. Hi. Uh, how are you guys doing today? And I uh, just want to let you know I'm a driving instructor. I've been doing it for two years now. A lot of my students are uh, adults who come from other countries as well as teens who come from other countries. And uh, I've probably taught uh, students from around the world, probably from at least 12 different countries, mostly from South America, Latin America, um, and many from uh, Asia as well as the Ukraine. And uh, they have no clue as to the laws because they've never had to drive ever before. Some of them don't know where the brake and the gas are. They well, have, how are they getting licenses here? Um, I don't know because once we give them uh, their lessons, they go take the test and they walk away with a license. So I don't understand how where the disconnect is. Um, and how they do it, but it gets done. <laughs> so so the caller that uh, called us a few minutes ago has a point, is what you're saying. Absolutely, he does. And what I'd like to say is that if a person can't read the English language, how right. are they going to read the signs that are on the road that say, do not enter on-ramp only? Excellent point. Or, do not exit on-ramp only? Because it's written out, and even though it's in an international sign, if they're from a country where their international signs aren't the same as ours, how do they get a license to drive? Well, you're a jingoist for discouraging people from... Oh, uh, we, everybody we should, we, should have the right, whether up, they can understand what they're doing We or should not. put up 12 different languages, clearly, Nick. That's the thing. That would create the utopia well, we're looking for. Well, I just want to let you know that in Houston, there is a part of town... I'm from Texas originally, and uh, there is a part of town where all the street signs are actually underneath the English street sign name. They're in Korean. Huh. Oh, uh, there may be parts of... There are a few uh, in Korean. Yeah, Chinatown does yeah. that here, too. And there's too. some in Spanish as well. Yeah, but, so... Um, but yeah, you're, you make a great point. If you can't speak the language, I, I don't understand how you're getting a driver's license. Yeah, well, that's that's what we need to find out from the DMV. Well, appreciate it, Nick. Thank you for that comment. And uh, quickly, Sammy, you just got a minute here. Go ahead. Hi, Dr. Drew. Um, I'm actually, I was calling because I know... Sorry. Go ahead. The caller that called about like two calls ago, I completely agree with him. Um, I've lived in L.A. most of my life. I've dealt with heavy traffic, and I was in San Francisco 
two weeks back to back. And my nephew lives up there. And I told him, like, there's a different type of driver on this road because um, <laughs> there's no traffic and there's no, like, literally barely any customer. I mean, barely any cars on the road. But you got somebody driving 50 miles an hour in a fast lane and you got somebody speeding in a slow lane. <laughs> so there is a disconnect yeah. between. And I, and I said it. I mean, I'm not trying to be, like, just like the caller says, not like a race-based comment. But it's, it's just an observation. A lot of the foreigners yeah. that are coming in and they're not fully educated on, like, freeway etiquette like well a, you just we just heard from a driving go. instructor who said he doesn't get it across to them and yet they still get their license and off they go yeah yeah and then again there was not that many cars on the road and i and i told them twice and i said this is odd why is there traffic here there's barely any cars on the road and then when the caller just i was listening to the radio and i, I heard the first caller made that comment i'm like wow this is me telling my nephew what i told what he's telling you guys oh, right me. at that moment that's very funny very interesting all right sammy thanks for the call thank you all right appreciate it so eight hundred. So it's midday live. I, I by the way, have I given my report on the seabirds yet? Uh, so everybody's so sea, waiting with Sea lions are up four hundred percent. Dolphin bottlenose dolphins up markedly, but the um, seabirds, particularly the sandpiper, the, those one with the long legs and the and the curved beak. There's something going wrong with their breeding grounds. Not plastic.